Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. DraftKings is not only this hack's favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's, it's easy to navigate and has plenty of instructions for newbies and nearly limitless ways for you to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know because they've been texting me as such, and I know you will too. So listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 inside credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if your team comes home, you win $100 inside credits. Now, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds on promotions such as baseball, hockey, Major League Baseball, MMA, and plenty others. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on any basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Newcomers only. Wager paid out and side credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Game over. Hello and welcome to Game Over, where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not. So my first guest on on this one is, well, a guest that, well, was actually going to go second because I wanted to try and wrap up the non-playoff teams first and then before we get into the batch of teams that were eliminated. But unfortunately, because of how real life tends to get in the way, we're going to have the team that was first eliminated on first because that's just how life works works out so these guys were the first eliminated from the playoffs which was the equivalent you were the first ones voted off of of american idol turns out simon didn't like your singing after all unlike what the producers told them so this team was founded in 1967 they play out of the checks notes enterprise center let's go with that they play out of the Enterprise Center. They have one Stanley Cup to their name, and they are more than happy to tell you that. They have made four Stanley Cup appearances. They have such retired numbers or names such as Al McGinnis, Bob Plager, Barclay, Barclay Plager, I will pronounce these right, Brian Sutter, and of course, the legendary number 16, Brett Hall himself. I am talking about none other than the St. Louis Blues. And joining me from Toasted St. Louis, mm -mm 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 -mm, Toasty, 
is, of course, Mason joining me. I got one out of three of them, and that's fine. Welcome, representing the St. Louis Blues himself. Mason, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, I love how <laughs> I love how you, you know, sell how rich our history is and how we've been to four Stanley Cups. Three of those were in the first three years. And you know what happened in those series? We got pounded. <laughs> we got swept. And you know when else we got swept? This year. We got swept this year. We've been swept in the finals three times, and now we're swept this year. So, mm, love this team. Absolutely love this team. Men's not words there, St. Louis. Tell me how you really feel. I love it. I love it. I love the passion, how it comes through. Absolutely love it. So, yeah, I, I, I said you were pretty much the first uh, people voted off the island here. So, um, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask every other team. As the kids like to say, what happened? You know, if you had asked me that literally any other year, you know, from about when I really started watching from 2009-10 onwards, I would have given you an answer. You know, I could have said, you know, the defense wasn't deep enough. I could have said that the star players weren't producing. You know, in 2016, I could have said, we just flat out fell on our backs and choked. You know, there was no real explanation for it. This year, I genuinely do not know. And this goes back to also the last playoffs as well, when we were, you know, one of the one of the hottest, if not the hottest teams in the NHL until COVID happened and postponed the season. And then the Blues get in the bubble, and they just can't find their footing and fall. And we Blues fans all chalked it down to, oh, they had a break. You know, Bennington just was was off his game. Maybe he was, you know, maybe he had COVID in the offseason. We still really don't know. You know, so, I mean, just so many things just kind of collapsed in on themselves, and we all said, okay, not what we wanted. You know, we got a little bit of leadership leading, leaving the uh, leaving the team for the offseason, so we all said, you know what, let's grab a few new faces. Let's grab Tory Krug. Let's grab Mike Hoffman just to make the fans happy. You know, dynamic scorer Mike Hoffman. You know, bring in Kyle Clifford for a little bit more grit, you know, Let's, let's bring all these new players in to replace the old leaders and let's go out and let's get right where we left off in March of 2019. Let's, or excuse me, March of 2020. You know, let's get on the right foot to start the season. Let's stay hot. No Stanley Cup hangover because we heard that a thousand times in the uh, 1920 season. We heard, oh, the Blues, what's Stanley Cup hangover? They are absolutely on fire and they are on point for a repeat. And things just fell apart. And then this season was just a continuation of the bubble. You know, players were hurt. Tarasenko got hurt again. You know, that was a big part of it. Well, the Blues, to start the season, were not wonderful. We're winning the first games, but then the next se- next game, because, you know, they were played in series a lot like baseball, they do great the first game, and then they just fall on their faces in the second game. And that was just a repeating cycle throughout the first, you know, 10 games of the season. We were 5-5-0 five, five and oh, or some ridiculous thing like that. I don't even remember. But, and then it just continued. And we kept seeing the teams that we 100%. It should have been a cakewalk into the playoffs. It should have been a lock for third. You know, you have teams like Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles, Arizona. These are not good teams. You know, Minnesota somehow pulled a season out of their act. And we all said, you know what? Okay. They're on lock for third. The Blues can go for fourth. There's no way that they're losing it to Arizona. And 
when Arizona overtook us in the playoff race, you know, with like three weeks to go in the season, we were just like, what happened? You know, we were all so confused because, I mean, Arizona's freaking Arizona. They are the definition of mediocrity. You know, how? and then luckily Arizona fell on their face, or unluckily, I should have said. <laughs> you know, they fell on their face and the Blues made the playoffs only to get bent over a table for four straight games. Like I said a thousand times on not only the podcast, but my own personal show. You know, they just, they can't keep up with the Colorado Avalanche. They could barely keep up with the lower level opponents in our division. I knew that this season was going to be an absolute, you know, catastrophe going into the, you know, latter half of the season in the playoffs. I I don't know. You know, you can look at what happened with the Blues. You can, like, look at every single game individually, and it was always something different. You know, look at this roster on paper. For, for for freak's sake, it's one of the best forward cores in the entire league. You know, with Justin Falk having a resurgence, with Tory Krug coming almost as advertised, not 100%, but, yeah. I mean, he's worth the six and a half that we're paying. And yeah. I bet next season he's going to get better. I mean, Boston's defensive core and the Blues' defensive core, two very different cores. You know, so you got to provide a little bit of adjustment time for him. You know, Justin Falk, you know, with the, the one of the best years of his entire career, probably better than his all-star career and uh, all-star year in like 2013. You know, you look at, you know, Kyle Clifford scoring goals. You know, Kyle Clifford, yeah, Kyle Clifford, him. the old veteran who I don't even know. I think he's like 37 or something. You know, he's, he's scoring goals again, but he's also being a fighter. He's also being like the grinding forward that Craig Burbank absolutely he loves. You know, you got Mike Hoffman, who had a pretty cool start to the season, had a couple, you know, patches where he was really streaky, and then suddenly, like, scoring, like, ten goals in eight nights or something like that, you know? Like, Mike Hoffman was great, and he was a spark for our power play. It turned our power play from the worst to start the season to the best in March to the worst in April and then the best in May. Like, no, it's that's literally, we were either the best or the worst, and there was no in-between, and Mike Hoffman was a huge part of that. So many things were going right. So many good stories coming out of this season for the Blues. Reasons to fight for, you know, Bobby Plager, one of the retired numbers passing away this year. You know, a big... Oh, my God. Which should have been a spark for the Blues. It should have been a spark. And it just wasn't. You know, nothing was motivating the scene. They were... They were Not only were there talks about firing the coach, there were talks about, like, cleaning out the house, firing the GM, firing everybody in the front office. You know, you just there's there's so many things that just suddenly just stopped working. The Blues weren't confident anymore because when the Blues are confident, you can see it and they'll beat teams like Vegas and they'll beat teams like Colorado on a daily basis. They just they, they didn't have that confidence back. And I I, I think the, the thing that I can attribute most to it, this isn't the reason, but the thing, the only thing that makes any sort of sense is all the leadership we lost. You know, we lost Alexander Steen, who retired very suddenly at the beginning of the season because he had, you know, a lower back injury that we didn't know about. You have Alex Petrangelo leaving. You have Jay Bomeister leaving. You have all these, like, key pieces. And then there's talks about Jane Schwartz not coming back next year. <laughs> there's so many things that are so many key leaders to this team that are just flat out up and leaving whether for retirement injury or trade it's just all, all that leadership it, it's cost the blues this year and, and you can see it they weren't a confident team i think you're the first team i've had it, it come on here when i've asked that question it, everybody's got an answer for that 
and yes, every single team I've done before this has been, at worst, horrible Buffalo, um, or a team that that just didn't get in, like you said, Arizona. And, you know, yeah, where you guys uh, ended up sucked, but you're the first one who just come on here and said, you know what? I don't know. I have no idea. And I think that... And I think as I get into some of these playoff teams, that just that just might be a case. But um, but you know, and for everybody, this is an an audio podcast. This isn't video. But um, the the passion that I'm seeing out of Mason here is like, has everyone? Has, I'm sure is watching this has seen a horse race. When that gate opens, that horse is pff, gone, which was exactly <laughs> what I saw here. And you know, and I love that. I, I love I, I love passionate fan podcast hockey fan podcast, which is what I do as well, and there needs to be more of out there in the world. So let's turn and pivot as as Ross on Friends once said, as we are going to uh, talk about when Cthulhu comes a calling, we're gonna talk about Seattle here, that whom, mind you, whom gets left out on the curb for the expansion draft in about six weeks for St. Louis. There's a lot of this. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Of course, uh, in the Blues organization, about who Doug Armstrong should leave exposed, who we think. And and some of those decisions have been pretty easy. You know, it's obvious that you protect a Braden Chin. It's pretty obvious you protect a Falk. It's pretty obvious you protect a Jordan Bennington at this point after, you know, because that's the other thing. That was part of the downfall, you know, was Jordan Bennington was not playing well. Then he got his extension, and then he played even worse. And then suddenly, you know, right before the playoffs, he's, he played like 2019 again, and it was amazing. And then suddenly so wants to fight to guys, say, too. Sorry to well, interrupt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bennington single-handedly kept that. Like, it's, it's, I know that we, we were by far – okay, let's get this straight. Blues were the worst team in the playoffs. The By far the worst team in the playoffs. No, there's no contest about that. Okay, we couldn't hold our own against Arizona and against Colorado, and it showed. You know, Colorado was the, arguably the best. I still think they're the best team in the playoffs right now. And then, uh, you know, St. Louis was the worst, and it, that went exactly how you would have expected it to. You know, so uh, and but looking at Colorado beat Vegas, you know, seven one that one night, it just kind of proved that wow, Bennington kept that series a lot closer than we thought. You know, so. I, I think, you know, obviously Bennington's a protect. you you got to keep him. Uh, I think the consensus among Blues fans for forwards who are defensemen who need to be exposed seems to rely around A, Vince Dunn, because he was flat out not good this year, and Zach Sanford, who was also flat out not good this year. Not even – he was – Zach Sanford was probably the worst blue on the ice for the entire, for the entire season, which sucks because – he scored 16 goals last season. I don't. I don't think Blues fans realize that he was a 16 goal scorer in 1920, and suddenly he drops off to this. It just doesn't make sense to you know our Blues. He had a four goal game in 
1920 against Vegas. <laughs> you know, this is a player that had a lot of upside and then just crashed. Absolutely crashed this year. You know, that could be just because of that, you know, 16 goal upside and because he scored four goals in a game, that might be enticing to Seattle. You might lose him. Uh, something that was easier on Blues fans. Uh, Craig Brube kept Tarasenko out of the lineup for the last three three games of the season, and we were like, "Why was he was he injured?" And under the guise of an injury, but I don't think he was injured. I think he did that because there's some technical thing about the expansion draft where if a player doesn't play a certain amount of games over two seasons for you, he cannot be drafted. And to leave it when he left him out of those three games, he fit that criteria. So Tarasenko mm. is not a concern. You don't have to protect him because he's not eligible because he hasn't played enough games in the last two seasons, which I didn't know about until the playoffs. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was pretty smart. Okay, good on, good on you, Doug. I mean, I'm the number one Doug Armstrong criticizer. I criticize him all the time. That was smart. That, that, was, that was a good move by him. And I don't even know if it was his call, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was a very smart move by him. I think if I'm Seattle... I am looking for a play like I like just I'm not looking for anyone big out of St. Louis because all the big players here are under ridiculous contracts. (laughs) So if I'm Seattle, I'm not doing that. If I'm Seattle, I'm picking like a third, fourth line person, not only because I don't want to touch, you know, the Jaden Schwartz's or the Braden Shens, not just because of that, but because I want to because the Blues perfected the grinding style in their 2019 Stanley Cup. They perfected it. You know, you could tell nobody was beating the Blues in that year, you know, and you want a player who kind of brings that grinding style and you'll find that out of a third and fourth liner. You won't find that out of a first or second or even a second pair D, you know, because the Blues don't really have any grinding defensemen anymore. You know, I think I think Marco, I know uh, it would be Mikel and Bortuzzo are the only two who would even qualify under that. And I don't think. I don't think Seattle wants anything to do with either of them. So, I mean, because one, for Rob Bortuzzo's old, and two, Nico Mikla's a freaking stick. You know, he's four, <laughs> he's six foot four and he's 185, if you'll believe that. He's a stick. So, if I'm Seattle, I'm not touching either of them. I think with the extra slot that is saved from Tarasenko, I think that Doug Armstrong protects Oscar Sundquist. I know he's been through like a knee injury, a season-ending knee injury. I don't think he's that. He, Oscar Sundquist is 25 years old. He he can recover from a knee injury a lot better than a 30-year-old would or a 40-year-old, you know. So I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think that Oscar Sundquist takes you know Tarasenko's spot on the protected list, and uh, I've, I've see, I I think they choose a third or fourth liner like Zach Sanford, or if they pick a defenseman, it would have to be Vince Dunn. Wow. Um, a lot out of all that. Now I was checking up on uh, Zach Sanford's uh, stats here. Former Hershey Bear. Ding. Um, as well. Um, it, it seems like on his upside, he's a solid 15 and 15 guy. Like, that's your upside. Yes. And that's good enough for a bottom six spot in the NHL on any team. So, you know, I, I, could, I could see that. Or I could see uh, Seattle taking that third or that that third pair defenseman and flip them for a draft pick. So that seems like what most likely could happen with, with the Seattle's draft, um, whatever they take from St. Louis, but lovely stuff, lovely stuff. So we are going to move on to the actual draft. Um, 
you know, I don't have to worry about where you guys fell in the draft lottery. I'm this far along in game over. So I don't have to worry about that. So um, We are 16th overall is what we're picking because Montreal won. So we are 16th. So now with with Seattle, you are now officially half, half a D, as Eddie Murphy once, once said. Yep, we are halfway. So, we're exactly halfway. So um, just, just real quickly, um, um, what what are Seattle's plans, or do they just trade out of the first round? Uh, Seattle uh, St. Louis, St. Louis. I'm, Saint I'm, Louis I'm sorry. Fans. You can tell it's been a busy no, weekend want, for me. So the last time the Blues picked 16th overall, guess who they selected? Uh, Tarasenko. They selected Vladimir Tarasenko, 16th overall in 2010. Completely guessed. You legend. You freaking legend. You completely Bloody guessed. Go you. But um, and then actually, little known fact. For people who aren't Blues fans, they actually had two first-round selections, one 14th overall and one 16th overall. And their 14th overall was Jaden Schwartz, you know, which is which is, which is is just blows your mind that Jaden Schwartz was selected before Vladimir Tarasenko in that draft. Um, I think the Blues hold on to this pick. You know, the Blues haven't had a solid first-round selection that's above, I think it's like 24 or something like that. They haven't picked above 24 in the first round since that 2010. So they they want to hold on to that pick, you know, especially if they might be going through a rebuild in the next couple of years. I think what the Blues' strategy is is they want to go take one more, you know, glorious run at the championship to next year, and if that falls apart the same way, house. And I would be totally okay with it. I would be totally okay with the rebuild at that point. So I think you want to hold on to an early draft pick. If, you, if you're going to trade that draft pick, it's 16th overall. It's got a fair amount of value. You know, David Postenock was selected third. You know, there are plenty of good, good players in the first round. They are first round selections because they can be perennial second first liners for your team. You know, you get a lot of gems in the late first round. A lot more than people realize. Jordan Cairo was late first round. Clem Costin was literally the 31st pick. You know, so many good Blues prospects were drafted late first round because those have been the only first round picks the Blues have had. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think that the Blues, if the Blues are going to trade this pick, it would have a lot of value, and I think it would be for a deal involving the big players that have been, you know, in trade talks for the last four years, primarily from Buffalo. You know, if they're going to trade the first round pick, I think it'd be very enticing to Buffalo for Jack Eichel. I think so. Do I necessarily like want Jack Eichel on my team? Not really. (laughs) It would kind of screw up our forward core, but would I like stage a right? Would I stage a protest outside of, you know, Scotch, I almost said Scotch enterprise center. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I right. wouldn't, because it would be cool to have a Jack Eichel on your team. It would screw you in the long run. But it would be cool to have. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, you know, there's, you know, I don't know if you've heard Connor McDavid's been in trade talks. You know, Connor McDavid yes. is sick of right. his team, sick of it, and I feel bad for him. You know, if the Blues, the Blues could literally give away any combination of three or four players, and I would trade it for Jack. Eichel. I would, I, excuse me, Connor McDavid. <laughs> I would. I love Connor McDavid. I would love to see him in a blue note. Uh, wouldn't be the first. Uh, uh, wouldn't be the first uh, Oiler great that the 
Blues have. I wonder how the last one went. Uh, Gretzky, uh, yeah, oh, I don't. That was a don't... great era. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was yes, was a great era for Blues fans. Not really. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, you know, it, it would be an enticing trade. I, I would rather use it to select somebody you know if the obviously you know i don't want armstrong actively shopping it but if the right de- if the right deal comes in for the right price I, I i mean that's why he's the general manager because he's he's been trusted with those reins and i i, I kind of i trust him with that now i trust him to make the right decision about that he's he's obviously gonna be he would be a better gm than i would yeah. you know i would i, I would panic after every loss i would panic and sell after every single loss so i would be a terrible gm um but you know i, I trust doug armstrong with that responsibility uh but if I, if it was me in charge i'm holding on to that pick all right all right yeah uh a lot of good picks have come from the mid the mid to late first rounds so you know there's none wrong with picking there and yeah that was a complete guess on my part i thought big name somebody go. they know and it was Tarasenko. So there you go. Yeah. Well, did you, did so, you hear what I said? Uh, did, did you hear me talk about who they had 14th overall that year? Because um, they had the 14th and 16th. Yeah. Uh, Shen? No, they brought Schwartz. 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 May so the Schwartz, Schwartz be 14th with you. and then Tarasenko 16th. So yeah. it's kind of funny that you think about Schwartz was selected first. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So. Yep, and may the Schwartz be with you. So. May the, may the Schwartz be with you, of course. And Amen. he goes away this offseason. So, we will get. So, so we will. I'm going to ask you. Why did. We're, so, I will ask you. Why should St. Louis fans be optimistic heading into October? Uh, <laughs> for, for all of you. Th- I am the person to ask that because i am so pissed i am so beyond concerned no no this this is good this is good this is good okay give me some what is something to be optimistic about let's see it doesn't have to be a good reason i just need a reason tory krug is gonna well i mean optimism is primarily good yeah uh tory krug's gonna have a great year next year yeah i can almost guarantee that i guarantee that Tory Krug is going to have at least a 54. If it's an 82 game season, I bet he's getting a 60 point year next year. Uh, Jordan Cairo will be, you know, on his fresh, his new, his big boy contract. You know, he'll be on his new, you know, big boy contract. So. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. He'll, he'll, he'll produce. 
you know, we're going to see something very similar to Connor McDavid in his first year of his big boy contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a completely new roster, almost completely new. You know, so many pieces are going to leave, but so many pieces are coming to come back because we didn't think it would be that big of a change, you know, from 1920 to 2021 this season. And it was big. It was a pretty big change, you know? So think of what you can do. I think we have, what is it, like $18 million in cap space going into the next year? Yeah, There's you got a, a lot, lot of expiring. can do with that. Yeah, there's a lot Doug Armstrong can do with that, you know. So it could be a totally different roster shakeup. You know, you just never know. If you're going to get any trade value, and I'm not saying he should, but if you're going to get any trade value from people who are coming off their entry level, those RFAs, you know, like the Jordan Kyers or the Robert Thomases or the Vin Stunts, hopefully the Vin Stunts, then, you know, you can get, you know, more assets, which might mean more cap space. It might be better draft positions. You know, you just never know. I wouldn't be surprised to see Vince Dunn. If he's not selected by Seattle, I wouldn't be surprised to see him move draft day. I really wouldn't. You know, maybe to get the Blues uh, like a couple picks ahead, which I wouldn't mind seeing trade Vince Dunn to, you know, go up two spots in the draft. I wouldn't mind that. You know, so there's a lot to be excited for. But at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bullcrap Blues fans. There's a lot to be nervous for. Now, it's going to be totally different. Next year is either is going to be boom or bust. It's not going to be an average off. It's not going to be an average season next year. It's going to be very okay. We're good. We're in the playoffs. We can keep making a run for the cup, or we'll we'll know by the halfway point or the three quarter point. We'll know that okay, yeah, time to clean the house. We we we're just not good enough anymore. Twenty nineteen was great and I loved it. We got Bobby Plager's parade, but the, the glory days are over right now. It's time for a proper rebuild. Something that we really haven't had since two thousand six. You know, so we it, it's time to it's time to do a proper rebuild. It's time to, you know, find our identity again, maybe get another general manager, maybe get a new coach. Maybe I like I don't know. I just I'm, I'm throwing out ideas. There's right, so many right. things that the Blues do for the future. And, you know, whatever happens, I think the Blues will come out of if they do attempt to rebuild. I think they'll come out of it strong, you know, because the Blues have been cursed their entire existence with just mediocrity. You know, it's been mediocre, not bad enough for a rebuild, but not good, not bad enough to be good, not good enough to be bad. You know, so it, yeah, it's just, there's so many things, so many. So, so while that may have been hard for you to do something on, in baseball terms, I just threw you a curveball low and inside, and you just basically <laughs> turned it foul. So now I'm basically going to give you a batting practice fastball. Go for it. R- reasons to be depressed. Heading into October, uh, we're probably gonna be, we're probably gonna suck. <laughs> we're gonna lose Jane Schwartz. Jane Schwartz is gone. I, I, it sucks, but it's just the reality. Jane Schwartz is gone. You know, he, he's, he, I, I don't see. If Jane Schwartz was gonna stick around, he would have, he would have signed a contract by now. It's just flat out what it would have been. You know, he, he wants to stick around. Doug Armstrong doesn't want him to stick around for whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I see. Mike Hoffman's gone. Tyler Bozak's gone. Carl Gunnarsson's gone. Uh, Bennington's only getting older. You know, uh, the core's only getting older. Vladimir Terrace's only getting older. Uh, Braden Jen's getting older. And by the way, there's still six more years and six and a half million on his contract. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah. You know, yeah. right now it looks great. Right now it looks great. In three years, it's not going to look great. <laughs> Mm-mm. 
you know, so many unknowns still with Justin Falk. He had a great year last year, granted, but you never know. You never know if he's going to keep up his ways. If Vince Dunn is back, he might totally still be a liability. You know, our our goalie depth is absolutely ter- currently is terrible. In two years, it will not, but right now is absolutely atrocious. If you think about it, our two our first two goaltenders were third and fourth string respectively two years ago. So goalie depth's not great right now. Two years it will be because we got Joel Hofer and uh, and Colt Nellis coming in, and I don't know if you've heard, but Colt Nellis just broke a QMJHL record for wins, shutouts, and shutout streak. Uh, so many things can go wrong. So many things, and it, it, if like you know enough of it happens, it can it can much like you know all the pieces falling up falling together in twenty in late twenty nineteen, a lot of things could just absolutely collapse. In 2021, 2022. So, a lot to be depressed about, but we're Blues fans. We're used to it. <laughs> As one uh, a YouTuber whom I tend to watch um, a lot, um, there is a reason why he did a Legacy of Failure video on the St. Louis Blues. I love urinating tree. I yeah, love- cheers. 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 I'll drink to that. Yep. Um, I, I love to say he's a friend of the show, but... Um, not really, but one of the main inspirations for me to do this. So, 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 um, yeah, lots of great stuff out of St. Out of St. Louis. At least I'm speaking as an outsider. Um, and, uh, St. He's not kidding. The, about everybody, but three people on the forward core are all expirings. So there is a lot going on with St. Louis, but they were the first ones eliminated off the island into the St. Louis blues. We say game over. Love using that sound bite. Killer Instinct never gets old. So, uh, Mason, thank you for coming on, man. Um, I'm going to give you a Absolutely. minute minute or two to um, promote, you know, your your project. I know you guys got some stuff started up recently. So, um, the board is thine. Yeah, totally. I won't take too much of, uh, too much of the time. But, uh, you know, I'm mason you know most people know me as screaming blues fan or blues fan reacts you know it's, it's gonna be one of the two mm-hmm. uh with over at toasted st louis which is actually how uh richard reached out to us uh it's our podcast it's the podcast that we do you know uh we're, we've rebranded from blue notes uh formerly from thpn and we are you know we're, we're cooking up good things you know we're gonna have a you know a weekday show covering all sports and then during the hockey season we're gonna have a weekly hockey podcast so there's there's a lot to be excited for uh you know we're we we have so many video ideas in the works that we're you know right now we're literally still in the stages of working on names and ideas and segment things like that and you know we're we're gonna have a couple you know guests within the blues organization hopefully coming on you know we're working on joel hofer right now so we don't know you know if that'll come sooner than later but uh you know obviously hopefully sooner um but you know, lots of working, and then me personally, my channel's just Blues, blues Fan React. Uh, I just scream about the Blues, and that's about it. So it's not that interesting. Uh, but I highly recommend you know visiting Toast in St. Louis. I thank you very much, man. Um, always, you know, always promote uh, whatever fan YouTube stuff because the algorithm lords are not kind over on YouTube. Sure. So please, everybody, go check them out. Throw a subscribe his way 
as well. I always like fan react videos during the season because to me, like the Grit and Barrett podcast that I do, it is very raw and comes from a real place from real Blues fans or whomever you follow. So thank you. We're going to take a short, short break and be right back with our next guest. Some enforcer based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice podcast wherever you find your podcast, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. You know, he would uh, be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, this. Enforcer based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. And we're back here on Game Over, where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not. So now we are going to head due north. We just got done with some delicious St. Louis ribs, and we are going due north to a team that was founded in 1926. They have six Stanley Cups to their name, the most recently being in 2015, 13 Stanley Cup final appearances to their names and such names in the rafters as Glenn Hall, Tony Esposito, and of course the great Bobby Hall. I'm talking about none other than the Chicago Blackhawks and joining me now representing said Blackhawks are the Windy City Breakers. Um, is it Jerome? Jerome? Jerome. Jerome. Okay. Jerome. I didn't even know him. Ha <laughs> ha. And joining me as well, thank you, man, representing the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. All right, so uh, let's get uh, right into this. Uh, For people who don't know, according to the uh, unofficial Game Over rankings, I think you guys came in 12th. So I'm going to ask you what I've asked every other team. What happened, as the kids (laughs) like to say? What happened and uh, why it has nothing to do with Kirby Doc? Yeah, <laughs> man. So going into the season, I, I I don't know what everybody else has been saying uh, so far that you've talked to, but for the Hawks, this season was a huge success for us. Um, we were going in with zero expectations. Um, I didn't think we had a shot um, to even sniff a playoff contention. So the fact that we were in there so long was just you know just icing on the cake. Um, going into it, my goal was just because we were put in the division with Detroit again, was I just wanted to finish higher than Detroit. That's all I wanted. Um, <laughs> you set that high really bar. Happened, yeah, really set that high bar, you know. <laughs> uh, we had those saying going, motto going into the year that it was, you know, you keep your expectations low, you can't be disappointed. So I think we did a good job with that. Um, so when we had the, the huge turnaround, we were in a playoff contention up until until March um, and March was really kind of, we call that the killer month because we had, our entire schedule was Florida, Tampa, Carolina, 
uh, Nashville and Dallas, and we ended up going five, eight, and one in that time frame. So um, those are huge games. You know, Dallas was making up a bunch of games from you know they had that COVID pause in the beginning of the season, so they were coming up hot. Um, so that's really kind of I think what happened too big time was you know we had a, a roster full of young kids. Um, they're not used to playing a full schedule. Regardless, this wasn't really a full schedule. This is probably a little bit closer to what they're used to, you know, in college and juniors and all that. But the initial grind is a huge difference than playing, you know, minor league hockey, um, whether it be, you know, junior, NCAA, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're having back-to-back games multiple times a week. Um, and I just think these kids, you know, ran out of steam before, um, you know, they are able to clinch that playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, from a uh... – an NHL YouTuber, I learned you guys actually found a, a diamond in the rough there at goaltender for the first half of the season as well. And that definitely helped. But like you said, five, eight, one down the stretch, that's that's not going to pay the bills. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'll argue uh, depends depends on the minor league system. You can get used to the to the travel and the back to back, but it's a, so much of a faster and harder game once you get up you know, up there to the big boys club. So yeah, I can, I can definitely see that with, with the Blackhawks this year. And you're right. You know, you guys didn't have that high expectations. You still sort of in the middle of a soft reload or rebuild. So, you know, and it seems like, you know, you've got some stuff there, you know, and you still got Taze and Kane still got them. So I think there might be some good things ahead for, for Chicago, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So I will get into, what I like to call Cthulhu comes a calling. So who is going who is going to get left out on the porch for the Seattle Kraken? Who gets who gets uh, unprotected from Chicago? Oh, um, I mean it's gonna be tough because Sam Bowman hands out no movement clause like they're like a on Halloween night. You know he passes those out to everybody that signs a contract. So we have a lot of options that we we can't throw up that we might like to. Um, I think the person that's going to – I think it's between three players, um, two are realistic, one that we're kind of hoping. Um, Dylan Strom, who we're hoping, gets taken. Um, he is kind of really underperforming and not to the contract that we, we signed him to. Is I mean, it's only three – I want to say it's like three million and some change, but that's still three million and some change that we can you know put towards the player that may be able to step up his game a little bit – our game a little bit more. Um, I think I've been hearing rumblings that it's either going to be Calvin DeHaan or Connor Murphy will be uh, the two guys exposed and will be selected by uh, Seattle. Interesting. Calvin DeHaan, uh, former, I think, uh, Carolina Hurricane, if I'm, I'm correct. And, uh, you, and, and you're not kidding about the no movement class. I have old Cap Friendly up here, an essential tool for any uh, – NHL podcaster or YouTuber. Uh, yeah, you, you know, just some names that do have no movement. Uh, Taze, Seabrook, Zach Smith, and Patrick Kane. Just, yeah, those are guys that you want to have no movements, but um, that that locks you up for things like this. So be interesting to see who Seattle might take out of Chicago, or they might take a, a lower defensive guy and then just flip him for draft picks. So who knows? I don't know. So looking ahead toward the draft, um, you guys, I don't know where you came up in the lottery as well. 11th. 11th? 11, as Spinal Tap once said. (laughs) So with this being a notoriously weak draft, 
Um, do you guys select someone in the first round or do you flip it for draft picks? So um, a couple episodes ago, we actually played with the idea. Um, Seth Jones is looking to be on the move from Columbus. Um, and we are listed as one of the teams that are going to you know, pursue him. Um, it's, I believe it's us, Montreal, and L.A. are the three teams that are looking to uh, grab him. So I threw out the idea of tossing some sort of package together with that 11th overall pick to Columbus to hopefully maybe get Seth Jones out of it. Um, my thinking for that is who, what the Hawks, I feel the Hawks are just a defenseman away from, you know, taking the next level, from, you know, rebuild to bubble team contender type of situation. And you have an opportunity to get land a Seth Jones. You have to take it. Um, and anybody you're going to select 11th overall is not going to be ready until probably three or four years from now. Um, so if you really don't want to waste, you know, Kane, um, hopefully Taves comes back this year. Um, you don't want to waste like, you know, their, their prime years, then you kind of want to make this move, um, and go into more of a kind of like a soft win now mode. And I think moving that 11th overall pick, whether it be for Seth Jones or, um, potentially another, you know, key piece would be awesome. Yeah. Cause you know, Taze and Kane, just again, looking over on cap friendly here are 32 and 33 respectively. God, where does the time go? And, right, uh, yeah. you know, you, you're entering the back end of their careers. You've still got about three to five years maybe left of prime um, productivity out of them. And uh, you're right, kind of in a soft rebuild, you know, flush flush some of the bigger contracts and try to reload on some of the depth, which you're really going to need, um, especially where and when these, these realignments, if we go back to a more traditional divisional setup. So, uh, so... Heading into October, give me a re- give me reasons why Blackhawks fans should be optimistic heading into October. Oh man, I think just looking at what they did this year um, when they weren't expected to expect to do anything, and what they did, um, you're starting to see. We were able to see a lot of pieces that we thought maybe were a couple of years away are are now you know making that jump you have you're slowly starting to see like a new core like the old core with you know Taves Kane Keith Siebes all those guys you know you're starting to see that new core with Debrinkit Kirby Doc um on the back end Boquist uh, Ian Mitchell um even Hagel is was a phenomenal um player this year and I cannot wait to see what he can do in a full season um, and then for the first time since since probably Corey Crawford, um, even though that wasn't that long ago, but like since Corey Crawford was in his prime, I think we have a goalie that is set for the future. Uh, we've been high on him since the Hawks signed him uh, three years ago when he won gold, uh, world championship gold for Finland. Um, Kevin Lincoln, and he, he's the real deal. And it's if you can build a team, a defenseman, decor around him and maybe bring in um, an older veteran goalie that can kind of, you know, uh, show him the ropes a little bit more. I think that this team has got a lot of potential for this upcoming season. And you've got to be excited if you're a Hawks fan going into October. I mean, yeah, it's just amazing how this team can just pull European talent seemingly out of its butt year after year. Our European scouting is phenomenal. And it seems like every 
we joke about it that every time <laughs> you win a Swiss MVP, you also win a Blackhawks contract because we Huzzah. had Kubelik and yeah, Kubelik <laughs> and uh, Suter, um, both were Swiss League MVPs and they signed with the Blackhawks. So um, yeah, it's a phenomenal job. I'm not the biggest Sam Bowman fan in the world, but he has the right people in in place to do that international scouting, and it, it pays off. Uh, as a fan of the uh, of the Hershey Bears as well, I have a great appreciation for international uh, talent as well as as we have, as well. So yeah. it, it, it's it's essential. It's essential. So let's uh let's pivot as Ross would say uh, from Friends and reasons to be depressed heading into October. Oh man, um, you don't know what. Don't know what moves just yet um, that they're going to move with the uh, with the cap, a little bit of cap space that they've created by you know Steve's retiring and Shaw retiring. Um, another reason to be depressed is you don't we still don't have a f- complete answer whether Jonathan Tate is going to play this upcoming season. Um, little speculations that he is going to be is going to be well and he is not on track to come back. But if you if you lose your captain again for another year, I mean. That's a heart and soul player that you that you don't have. Um, he wasn't even around the team this year, which makes it even worse. Um, usually, if a player is out, they're at least around the team in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just it's everything that you could possibly depress about. It's kind of to be determined, just because it's it all comes down to off season. What moves get made, not only by you by the Hawks, um, but what the rest of the division does, because it always seems to be that the divisions makes moves get better and the Bowman's just kind of stands pat and doesn't do too much to uh, improve the team. I've noticed that with, with Stan Bowman is that he's kind of a, I guess more of a small moves type guy. Like he, with yeah. the exception, what he did with uh, Seabrook and Sharp about five years ago, but he makes a lot of small moves and not a lot of big moves as, as well. And, and a fan base in Chicago that, that can work well or it can horribly backfire who's especially in a fan base that's seen so much success for the better part of a decade yeah um it's it's weird so it's i've grew up watching the hawks in the 90s so i've seen them you know absolutely terrible blackhawks vision yeah yeah um so it's like i kind of have like i I'm grateful for that because I kind of can judge a little bit based, you know, how everything goes. Um, but you know, yeah, like you said, a lot of the fan base started watching in 2010 when they when they won their first cup. So they only know winning. So losing right now, it's it's really tough being a fan. And Stan Bowman, he doesn't always go for that big home run move. Um, he does sign a lot of small contracts, and you know, he's about 50-50 on them so far. Um, this past year, one of this big one was Yanmark. Um, he signed him. And ended up flipping him at the trade deadline for, I think, a better tra- uh, haul than what Taylor Hall got uh, for Buffalo. So, I mean, he's he's hit or miss with what he does. Um, and it's just one complaint that we have that we really wish that he would start doing more is once he sees an opportunity to, you know, grab that big guy, he doesn't seem to do it. Um, and he needs to kind of, you know, take that risk a little bit more often and try to bring in a bigger piece. Yeah, and, you know, just – just echoing what we said, you know, just you guys have some real good score, uh, scouting talent, both overseas as well. And um, unfortunately, all that namesake and past success can't 
unfortunately didn't stop what happened this year. So to the Chicago Blackhawks, we say game over. Once again, killer instinct. Never get tired of hearing that soundbite. So thank you. Thank you again for for joining me. I'm going to give you a few minutes before we go to uh, promote or pimp whatever project, podcast, whatever you got. So my man, the floor is thine. Well, thank you so much for having me again. It's been it's been a blast. I always love uh, going on other shows talking about the Hawks. Um, yeah, so we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, all of our social media handles are are like at WCB Podcast. Um, you can find us there. You can find us on like Instagram, Twitter. I'm trying to get better with our, our tweets. Um, I always kind of forget about that social media platform a little bit. Um, you know, we're on YouTube. Our show um, we post every Monday for sure episodes. Um, time permitting, you know, COVID coming back, you know, COVID going away, schedules coming back to more normal life. So we try to get a couple episodes out a week. Uh, but for sure, Mondays always will be up first thing in the morning for you. Um, and check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc., wherever you find your podcast. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you out there for your times and listens and your downloads of Game Over as we're almost done with all the regular season people. So coming up, you know, we're going to get try and get one last team in the regular season. That is, of course, the team that's right there on 34th and Broadway. And who knows? I might bring in my parent club or I might just had go to Yinzer Town. Thank you so much. And as Red Green has said, keep your stick on the ice. We'll catch everyone next time. That's the end of the game. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.